Hi everyone, Colin here. I uh, just wanted to quickly update you guys at the beginning of this episode. Uh, we recorded this last year. Uh, we uh, went through a little bit of a hiatus at the beginning of the year. Um, and this recording is from back in December. Um, also, Kevin's audio didn't show up for the la- first like couple minutes. So I don't get to properly introduce him, but he is in this, I promise. And one last note before I go, we are going to be doing a new release schedule. We are now going to be releasing episodes once every two weeks. Um, This gives me a little bit more time for editing, at least for right now. Life is a little hectic, but we are going to be coming out with one episode every two weeks, but we also are going to be doing a live stream once a month. So if you want more information on that, join us on our Discord. We also have a bunch of fun discussion going on there as well, and that's where we post most of our updates, including our social media. Well, that is all the news for now. Without any further ado, let's get into this final part of beginnings. Thanks, guys. everyone, and welcome to The Legend of Portalcast, a podcast dedicated to Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, and all things Avatar. I am Colin, your main host, and guys, we are here at last. Part two of part two of Woo! Beginnings. <laughs> um, so I am joined today to round out our beginnings discussion with Susan. Hello. Hola. Um, so hi guys. Uh we're we're here. It is it is we're we're finishing up our beginnings discussion. What a journey it has been uh discussing this. In case you guys haven't seen, guys, we are getting a Suki standalone graphic novel. My goodness, guys. Uh we got the cover that was uh basically shared, and it is a uh it's basically an illustration of Suki. She's wearing her boiling rock uh, prison garb. She's standing like in a, like kind of like this fighting pose. And behind her, in kind of like this ethereal shadow, is Kiyoshi. I've and... never been more excited than anything uh, to see this thing come out. Yeah, I know. Like as soon as I saw it, I was I was just like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, but like you know, we've yeah. said many times on this podcast that Suki deserves better, and we're finally getting some good standalone Suki content, and it is called Suki Alone. Can we just go back a second and just reiterate the fact that in Boiling Rock, the guys would have literally still been trapped in the prison had not Suki just taken charge? Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. Like, what a great, yeah. a great standalone to attack. And I like that they also harken back to the like the Zuko alone type of thing, which everyone loved. And I'm like, oh, this is all oh, guys. It's like, even if it's fan service, I don't care. <laughs> bring it. I bring on the fan service. I am down for that type of level of fan service. <laughs> if we're gonna have it, fantastic. Literally, <laughs> but but no. <laughs> I like how the um, yeah, guys so, I mean, caught I'm, onto I'm, that very I'm late. Very <laughs> <excited>. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys. So uh, we'll we'll have more information as that gets rolled out. But that's going to be coming out next year in 2021. Um, so of course that is also going to be added onto the list of the Toph standalone uh, graphic novel as well. 
So we got some great Avatar content that's going to be coming out next year. Um, so be sure to stay tuned for that. And we will, of course, be covering that in great detail. So uh, without any further ado, let's get into Beginnings, Part 2 of Part 2. So where we left off last time, in Part 2, we saw that uh, one decided to uh, try... And, well, first we found out that Korra is, you know, she has to try to reconnect with her avatar spirit. Um, the shaman uh, was just like, hey, low-key, if she doesn't, then, <laughs> well, she better survive this ordeal. <laughs> it's like, okay, stakes are high. Um, and we we hear that the human and spirit realms are headed toward annihilation after Juan severed the link between Rava and Vatu, the great spirits of life and light and darkness and chaos. Um, so one tries to help. Um, Rava's not about it, but after stumbling across some air uh, airbenders, the proto air nomads, uh, that's when uh, things get bad because lo and behold, the spirits that they've all befriended uh, get turned into dark spirits when Vatu comes by. Um, we see that he has this effect. Um, and thanks to Rava, uh, they're able to kind of like fend them off briefly, um, but we can already see the effect of Vatu, uh, Vatu's separation, um, and it's kind of raising the stakes as Rava tells Juan about harmonic convergence, when basically it reaches this point where the planets align, and it gets to a point where uh, the fate of the next 10,000 years is decided whether to be covered in light or covered in darkness. And, uh, well, it's not looking great for light right now. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, light is really right? hurting right now. <laughs> um, so, basically, to help stop this, Juan asks for the element of air on top of the element of fire. Um, the lion turtle basically tells him this has never been done before and that Rava must hold on to the power for him. This is where we find out that one is basically we're, we're getting some backstory on how the avatar's power is essentially formulated here is that you have to have this additional bending stored in the, you know, Rava light spirit. Uh, and we see her flying through one at one point as he's going through the different elements. Um, and, it's uh, it's very interesting because mm. we're starting to see one change. Um, so as we enter the second half, or more honestly, Act Two, uh, because we barely even made it through, uh, like <laughs> the first act. There, there's just so much. This, this, this story just gets launched into hyperdrive, uh, in in a lot of ways. Um, and as we enter Act Two. Uh, we begin with Juan and Rava having this kind of conversation. Uh, Rava's scooting along, uh, kind of talking about harmonic convergence. Juan tries airbending for the first time. And Juan's like, great, so you've done this before? And Rava's like, nope, this has <laughs> never been attempted. It is very dangerous. <laughs> but you got to love Juan's response here. And he says, that's what they said about living in the spirit wilds. And I survived that. I'm ready. Give me the air. It is this determination that Juan has in the face of like impossibility 
that allows him to just circumvent what normally what normal limitations you feel would hold people back and it's it just it's constantly reinforced throughout this story and we'll see that reinforced in this episode alone again and again yeah you i mean you could argue it's cockiness but then he pulls it off so well i I mean i got ahead of myself but i'm like if you can pull it off it's not cockiness that's the key i mean the big if was if he can pull it off I mean, otherwise, yeah, yeah. it's we, <laughs> right. we, get, we get an avatar <laughs> that's essentially ripped in half before they ever become the avatar. So, why not? <laughs> fun. I think we're going to need a montage right. for this. <laughs> and a montage we do get. <laughs> uh, you know, they, as Rava tells him, like, look, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, if, if Vatu wins, the world is going to be covered in darkness for 10,000 years. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, great. Oh, Colin, it's only 10,000 years, right? <laughs> it's only 10,000 10, years. years. <laughs> After that, everybody's good, right? Like, just 10,000 years. No, we're just living with, like, you know, sticks and rocks and everything again. <laughs> <laughs> May not be too um, long for Rava, but for everybody else, this is going to take a little bit. Yeah. Just, you know, a few different generations. <laughs> totally fine. Just a few. <laughs> We're going to get directly into this montage, you guys, of Juan and Rava traveling to the different lion turtles. As Rava explains the strife between humans and spirits and how it originated. So we get this quote from Rava. She says, quote, the physical world is where humans come from. Spirits come from another realm. Dissolved to a far establishing shot of a desert with a few high sandstone I love this from the the, the the like the scripts or like transcript. Uh buttes, butts in the background. <laughs> They're pronounced buttes, right? It's kind of like theological buttes. formations. Uh in the background, the earth lion turtle is seen rising out of the ground to the right, making the ground shake and throwing dust everywhere. Rava continues, at the north and south poles, the two realms intersect. Over time, more and more spirits have drifted into this world. Humans have been forced apart, settling on the lion turtles who protect them and losing touch with each other. And Juan says, well, most people think they they live in the only human city in the world. And Rava's just like, well, yeah, humans only think of themselves, no matter how many others are around. It's just like, wow, Rava, you do not like humans, do you? <laughs> she... We're just upset because she got us so fast. Like, she just, she read us so quickly. She right, didn't even right. need a pandemic to catch us. That's the sad part of that. <laughs> uh, and Juan grows in strength as he masters more elements. He says he feels himself changing. Um, Now, this is the point. Like, over the course of Rava saying this whole thing about humans and spirits and the worlds and everything, we see Juan travel to the this earth lion turtle we see him travel to the water lion turtle what's really sad is that we only see him outside of these civilizations we do not see the people we do not see the structures outside of like what we see in the distance and again it's it's this it's the pros and cons of a story that is like rushed through like hyperdrive here because they need to tell the story. They need to tell it efficiently. They need to kind of like still put this in because we're still in the middle of book two. 
There's still core adventures <laughs> happening that we need to get to here. But, you know, this is where I'm just like, I every like, especially watching back this time, I don't know about you guys, but like, I am just like, oh my God, I want to know everything about like these civilizations. I just want to know a little bit, like, how did they dress? Like, you know, what did their bending forms look like? Do we get to like, where are the badger moles? Can we learn from them? Like, where is like Twee and La? Are they like? I want some badger moles and I want some dragons and I want, you know, I like, I agree. Like, it's, it feels like they could have done a whole series, just the adventures of Wong. And I would have totally watched that just to see how the first avatar originates, like, and see the adventures of the first avatars he goes through. Because when he dies, remember, he dies in a war zone. Spoiler for anyone who hasn't gotten to the end of this podcast yet. Mm. I mean, he does. And it's like, and he says, I fought so hard. And it's like, well, obviously. So, I mean, like, there's just so much good content you could probably pull from that. And I hint, hint, graphic novels would be amazing. I, I know. Now yeah, that we've I, done Suki alone, Badgermole alone, like just uh, maybe other <laughs> titles other than alone. But I don't know. I'm going to keep going to those. Juan alone. <laughs> Actually, that that's a good title. <laughs> that is a good title. <laughs> I mean, but here here's the thing, and I mean, kind of like you said, jumping ahead to what happens, Juan is incredibly alone. Like it, he goes through this. He is so different than other humans, and it's just it's it's baffling. I mean, he lives a very very solitary existence as this figure, as this avatar. He sacrifices a lot. Um, and I mean, yeah, if you think about it though, he is also the only, per- the only avatar to not even have, um, a mentor really, or anyone to like, he doesn't yeah. have the sages or the shamans to help guide his way. He doesn't have a white Lotus. He doesn't, he doesn't have the level of, he doesn't even get a gang or Kerrang, yeah. whatever you want to give him, but like, he doesn't get any of that. <laughs> He gets, you know, or the team. I guess it's the team. Hmm? I don't know. But, yeah. like, he doesn't get any of that stuff. So it's really just him. He really is isolated alone with his little avatar iceberg. And, um, you know, the amount of stories they could just tell about him going to places. I guess, and if you think about it, over time, like, I'd love to see how the, how the temples and how the sages and stuff and the shamans come to fruition. Like, even mm, just the few yeah. first avatars, if we could at least see that, like, you know, how did this, how did this network, if you will, get built? Yeah. Mm. And all the traditions, like, because before this, there weren't the Fire Nations, the Earth Nations, as far as, well, kind of, sort of, but they were like proto-tribe oh, nations. Yeah. You mean you know, the how Fire many of these... Turtle? Lion Turtle? Yeah. Like, it's like, how yeah. much of this, like, developed of them building the temples and them building all the stuff was devoted to the Avatar? And how much, like, was that, you know... Or was it, like, conversion over from, like, what they would have called, like, pagan or pre-Avatar stuff? Like, I know, it's, like, so many questions about the development of nations I'm so curious about. And I've thought about it. I have a feeling Nick didn't want to give him a gang, because I don't think Wang would have been the go-to term they wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. That that would have been perfect, though. Like, can we just give, like, like, the Wang... The oh. Wang. That's true. Yeah, it's like that apostrophe. It could be like Wham. Like you give him yeah. a team and call him Wham. <laughs> Wham. See, and then right they there. start singing 
Wham. Uh, and then they're like, last solstice. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wake me up before you bend, bend. <laughs> um, Wake me up before the world ends. Nick, if you're listening, we've got ideas. Yes. Yeah. Come to Apparently. us. We know it. Yeah. So in the, the last thing I want to kind of say on this point is that I, again, I, I mentioned in previous episodes while we were discussing beginnings, I think that this season would have benefited from being the length of an Avatar season. Because here's the deal. What you could have done is that while this Korra story is happening, which they had to condense already, and there were already moments where you could have expanded on that, you could have had a concurrent storyline happening with Wan that like, maybe Korra starts seeing in flashes. So you know how she started seeing stuff with flashes of Aang? Mm-hmm. Like, imagine seeing visions of, like, a world that is so foreign to her that it's just like, okay, what is this? And I think that that would kind of call out to, like, Rava trying to get out to her and be like, look, there is something bad happening. I'm trying to get in touch with you. The world is reaching this point. I think I think you just really hit the nail on the head there is that, you know, this world is so foreign. And I think that's what makes these two episodes so... Some people critique it as rushed because literally you're asking her to accept that this is historical. This is a world she's never fully understood and to really accept and, and ex- just be able to take in and um, internalize that. And I think that is, you know, why people criticize these episodes as rushed, like why they could have been easily a four part segment, why there could have been. Uh, more build on this and that's i think another reason why people get really annoyed at the whole she got amnesia storyline is because Mm. this literally is um you're asking the audience and the avatar at the time who cora we've seen literally be resistant against everything she knew to accept something so just foreign to her in terms of her concept of time place and everything else and system yeah yeah it's it's obviously one of those things that even I struggle sometimes with, and I agree, I think it could have easily gone a whole avatar length period. Like just having that time, that amount of episodes would have definitely given it way more. um, Just a lot of that really goodness that we loved from avatar where it was just very detailed. And then you would get these random light episodes in between. Like this would have easily been four part arc and then a random fluffy episode like the great divide. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, it's just, but it's, it's, it's tough because I mean, that that's, we, we ask for like a, a thing that is more like Avatar, but again, that's, and again, with Korra, you can't, I, I don't know if you could even slow down that much because Korra is in this world now that is moving so fast. The pace of which the Korra is written matches the tone of the era that she's living in. However, that's why I think it is like so wild that we have the story of one where it's ancient times and we are just flying through this story because it's just like, wait, 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 wait. What about that? What about, it's like, you're like, you're on the highway and you're like, you're like, you know, you're a kid, you're, you're on a road trip with your family and you're seeing all these cool things and you're just like, wait, can we stop there? Nope. Can we stop there? Nope. Can we stop? It's like, look at all these cool things. Look at this reptile house. I want to go and stop and look at that. And it's just I like, I want to nope. see the world's biggest ball of rubber bands. Yeah. Quickly stop mom and dad. 
And mom and dad are yep. like, no, that's not happening. You're funny. No. It's like we we have to hit the points that we need to. We need to. We have a very specific roadmap that we are stopping at. And we are only stopping at those points. And that's what it feels like. Where it's just like, okay, those points that you've picked out, mom and dad, are awesome. And I love them. And they're great. But look at all this other stuff that we passed. Yeah, that, was guess... literally, that was literally the plot of go- a Goofy movie. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm so happy you referenced this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, it's a, well, wow. but yeah, even going to the point, though, it's like, I guess kind of an, even in Avatar, they had some time to introduce us to the spirit realm in Roku. It took a few mm. episodes, but they hit it. And then it was a little bit more spiced together. Whereas this one was like, we had no idea Juan was there. And then all of a sudden, mm. clunk in the head. Juan. Only Juan. And then two episodes later, okay. Thank you. Yeah. It's like, could they, like, was there a different way that they could have done the whole season, the whole show? Yeah. It, it maybe it wouldn't have been as, like, slam, bam, and this is it. But yeah, I think the other the other part of this that I would also just state is that, um, you know, we are looking at a series where the next episodes are just as felt rushed through in a way like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just it's it's um it, it's just crazy. Like it feels very bam, 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 bam. And there's not like a moment of pause to let the audience kind of digest yes. what is occurring unlike the other series yeah i and i think that that's that's uh you know one of the biggest uh critiques that uh i, I remember watching a, an incredible video that uh was really kind of breaking down uh critiques of the uh of the the modern star wars sequels and one of their biggest critiques was that and, and I mean, it's something that J.J. Abrams does too as a director is that sometimes like plot before emotion or plot before reaction. Because what happens is, is that when a story is saying, okay, we have the plot that we have to address, the characters are not given time to sit with their emotions and react and have those moments where they are just like impacted by that. The thing is, is that like we don't get that either with Juan. We don't really get it with Cora in this season. However, we get that in the next two seasons of Cora because I think that that's where we're at too in terms of the writers. Is that like it is? It, it they they were figuring out how to write within this pacing as well during this entire time, and I think that book two has amazing moments, has incredible, powerful, emotional moments, but we don't get to sit with it nearly as much as we did. I would even argue as some as some parts of season one, uh, but not nearly as much that we get to sit with it as book two, or sorry, book three or book four. I agree. So I feel like continue. that's yeah. 100%, Colin, you hit it. Um, you know, just, and I think we said it before at the beginning of the season, we talked about the writer's strike, I think, occurred right around this season. Did it not? So, actually, the writer's strike actually happened before that. Uh, so, okay. it, it, it happened in still in 2007, 2008, but that had echoing effects in terms mm-hmm. of the team that was put together with this. Someone actually did a side-by-side of all the different writers that were involved with Avatar and all the different writers that were involved with Korra. It is... In Avatar, it is like a list of probably like over a dozen people 
Korra, it's like six, like not even, wow. I think it may be even five. And they say like who wrote how many episodes it is primarily Mike and Brian. And then on top of that, you have like Joshua Hamilton, Colin Heck. And uh, I know that there is one other writer too. Yeah. I think it was only five. If you think about that, everything else that Mike and Brian are balancing as showrunners on top of also writing the story it, when you don't have a writer's room like that is nearly as big, it, it's so much harder. And honestly, mm-hmm. that, that was that was the issue because Mike and Brian, you you ha- like they didn't have the resources. Nickelodeon gave them bare bones to work with this series, and that's why even though we critique it, we still have to understand and respect what was accomplished and be grateful for the fact that we even got it. Because well, it was really, I mean, if you think about it as a true testament to fans, like mm-hmm. the fact mm-hmm. that this series had almost nothing to go on, like Nick, Nickelodeon didn't give it half the things they probably gave the last few seasons of Avatar in terms of probably capital and strength and advertising. Gosh knows how much between every yeah. core episode, like we get like a handful and then it would just be gone for a little while. But yeah, I mean, I agree 100% is that, you know, we have even though we sit here and we critique it and we, we, um, you know, we, we kind of try to throw some nuances about the old show versus this show. I think we also love it for the fact that it was a testament to their love for the fans. Cause they, like you said, they mm-hmm. took on the majority of the writing of this series. Like other one, they had at least 12 writers in the room here you're talking about literally a labor of love almost is that they wanted to see and tell this story because it was so rich and detailed. So, I mean, even though, yes, we critique it, it's, it's out of a place of trying to also just tell them how we would love to see more of it. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Mike and Brian have always listened to the fans as well. They've been incredibly entrenched with the community. So I think that you're, you're definitely, uh, you're right with that for sure. So continuing on, um, we see as the story progresses here, um, as Juan kind of feels himself changing, he then smells smoke and Rava says that humans are nearby. So Juan, Rava and, uh, Mula approach a human encampment where a forest has been cleared. Trees are burnt and it is just, we're getting mad princess Mononoke vibes here of, uh, Iron Town, everything being cleared out, the humans establishing themselves. And uh, as soon as they approach, Rava is immediately attacked. But uh, Juan bends it away. This like firebender comes up, shoots fire at her. It's like, look, a spirit. And then that's when we see Juan's friend, who we now get a name for, Jaya. And there's this heartfelt reunion here. But he tells Juan that he that Juan inspired them to venture out on their own, but that it wasn't an easy journey. When Juan asks about their friend, Yao, uh, the character who had kind of these like the like woody appendages and everything, Jaya's just looking forlorn and sad as he said that Yao was lost and that many others were as well. Juan tries to explain that Rava is unlike the dark spirits because Jaya's like, why are you hanging out with a spirit? But Jaya sees, says he doesn't see a difference anyway. He's like, look, if we see a spirit, we throw fire at it. 
just in the same way that whenever a spirit sees us, they try and like, like take us or hurt us. And immediately we transition to spirits attacking and these, like the men charging to meet them. And before Jaya moves forward, he tells Juan that, you know, well, Juan's just like, why? Well, like how, I don't remember you being so violent. And Jaya says, look, you taught us that you could change the world if we stopped being afraid. And now we're doing it. And we see the humans and the spirits square off. And that's when we see Ai, the, and the, like the other folks from the spirit oasis, they're all there. And we get this moment where they're like, just like two sides, like clashing here. And like, they're lined up. It always kind of struck me as, as a little, like it, this felt a little forced because you can tell that like normally avatar does like really dynamic, like blocking of battles and everything. But this is like, it feels like very, just like human side, spirit side, we're on lines. We're in a clearing. It it, it felt very simplistic. I, I get what they're trying to do with that, but like that, this is again where we're starting to see where it's like this episode is thrown into hyperdrive, and as they're about about to clash, tensions rise. Dark clouds appear, and the laughter of Vatu echoes across the valley. The spirits change into dark forms, and as the two sides charge, one holds them off. And then enters the avatar state to stop them. Uh, we see him beginning to glow. Rava infuses him with power, but he can't hold on to it. Rava says that if she doesn't leave him, he will like it's gonna just wreck him. And the power removes this dark energy from Ai and the other spirits. Because as like Vatu appears, the spirits are changing, but one can't sustain it. He falls, Rava catches him, and he wakes up on the outskirts. Vatu approaches him and tell him, tells him that the humans have been annihilated and that he needs to enjoy his final days. This all happens over the course of maybe three minutes. That's what I was just, it's, I was just timing it, it out. I'm like, Jesus. It's insane. This, uh... <laughs> yeah, so that's the, that's the, uh, Three minutes, everything went to H-E double hockey sticks right there for Juan. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. it was longer than three minutes, probably in Juan's thing. But for, like, the viewer, it's like, if you blink, you might have missed it all. So we, we, of course, get this showdown. It is, we see that Vatu is kind of feeding on their conflict. Rava specifically says, like, you know, the more that there is this conflict and strife, the more that this darkness kind of thrives. Which I, I love because this is such a core theme of avatar is that the idea is that like when there is conflict, that is when darkness thrives uh, instead of kind of trying to find like a peaceful option. But again, we are seeing Juan reunite with his past, not only, you know, Jaya and like the people from the lion turtle, but also, you know, I and the spirits as well. And again, this kind of gets back to what I was saying earlier. The plot demands movement. And the emotional response is limited. We needed time for one to like sit with these people, see the way that they were living, maybe get to understand like, oh, wow, like they've built up this civilization. Look at them now. And I think that this moment where Vatu says the humans have been annihilated, 
imagine how much harder that hits when we have like an episode or even maybe half an episode where Juan is like seeing what this civilization is like. Yeah. I was going to say, from looking at this, I'm like, there's so much to unpack between why did Rava hate the humans? Why did the humans hate the spirits? Why, why was everyone against each other? Why all of a sudden, like the humans were like, Oh, all that time before we're like, we were afraid of spirits. We're fine. And then Vatu reminds them, here's why you should be afraid. Like <laughs> just all the history that had been built up before by the spirits, humans and all them between each other. You, I got, yeah, you have to process all this in the span of a, you know, of a water break. Like it's look, I'm just saying that we can easily condense this down to, um, a very simple Yoda ish mentality. Fear is to anger. Anger is to hate. Hate is to suffering. Easily <laughs> done. Like that is how this three minutes goes down. Literally, that is mm-hmm. the condensed version of the three minutes. Done. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't. Know I mean, to... Vatu has some strong Sith energy. I mean, he even has like the same color scheme as Darth Maul. Let's be real. <laughs> All you needed to do was just draw a little lightsaber on him, and essentially he is Darth Maul as a spirit. I mean, yeah. then you would I, need I, like a Obi Wan Kenobi to slice him in half, but you know what? Eh. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Darth Maul comes back. So too does Vatu. So one of the the notes too that um, uh, that Daniel because he wasn't able to join us uh, today. Uh, I wanted to kind of uh, talk about some of the points he says. He goes, you know, when he says the reintroduction of Juan's friends, he goes, my first thought, freaking humans. My second thought, how did they get their fire? Um, did they steal it from the lion turtle? Which we actually did see them, like the lion turtle gave them that chance. Um, but, uh, you know, talking about how Vatu's power has grown to the extent where he doesn't even need to necessarily be present immediately in the vicinity. Like we hear his like laughing and everything, but like already his power is so strong that like if he's in the general area, the spirits are changing. Um, But I think that Daniel brings up a good point. He goes, why doesn't Vatu kill Juan here? He would essentially be unopposed if he did. Is he unable to? He clearly has the chance after Juan passes out and Rava is nowhere to be found. And other spirits quite clearly can harm humans, so why not him? And I, I think that it is this. I, I think it's interesting that we do get that, but I think it's 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 the hubris of no. Vatu. I know what it is. I got this. Um, yeah. It's not just the hubris, but he's feeding off of that that guilt. Mm. Like remember what he says later is. To hate me is to give me breath, and then to fight me is to give me strength. But think how much Juan's residual hate and anguish, and not just at him, but also with himself for what he did. He separated them. He essentially created this problem. And, you know, now that's what he has to live with. Like, think how much he's just beating off Juan. Yeah. Like, if he had, I wonder, and this is something that I always think about, is like, if Juan had just ignored him like a petulant child for all intents, and he had gone about things differently, like he had tried yeah. to show kindness in the world and, you know, take Rava and try to bring um, harmony and peace and love to certain places, would that have built up Rava mm. and given Rava more strength? Or the self, 
get riddled guilt that he carried everywhere he went because that's literally what drove him to essentially become the Eptar. If he had ignored that self-riddled guilt, would because that's why Vatu follows him almost is because he's yeah. feeding off Juan. Juan himself is literally the catalyst here, and you know Juan is, and we see this. Juan is actually like remorseful the minute it happens. Yeah. So imagine how he's like, mm, this is like a buffet. I just come back. Ah, nah, nah, nah. The cookie monster with a cookie. He's like, ah, guilt. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't see this, but I'm actually pantomiming <laughs> all of this. And Colin and Kevin are having a great time laughing at it, honestly. <laughs> but it, it really is. Like, I wonder how much of that is really just him feeding off of Juan's own self, self-hate. I think that that is that is a great point, and I think that that tracks absolutely. And, and again, <clears throat> I think that this is, I think that this is also what Juan is trying to show Cora, because, I mean, look at Cora and the amount of guilt and kind of like self hatred too that she has carried around with her, like not only in this season but in the previous season as well. It's this idea that like she she feels like she is not enough that she has caused these problems. And I think that that's what Juan is trying to show here in talking about to kind of finish up this like section here. I mean, again, this conflict between humans and spirits, the fact that we're rushed through this, imagine how much more context Cora could take out of this, how much more she could learn if she was able to kind of see the rest of it. It not only would have, you know, just like given us fans more content to speak with, but I think it also could have bolstered like Cora's uh, growth arc as well. Hmm. Um, so a- as we transition into this next part, Juan puts Ra- Lil Rava, because she's like tiny Lil Rava. It's so cute. Uh, he puts her in a teapot. Um, I was going to say, she's teacup Rava. <laughs> teacup Rava. <laughs> they embark for harmonic convergence. The music is somber. The colors are pale, the tone looming. Rava confesses she misunderstood and underestimated Juan, yet he remains optimistic, even in the face of doom. His determination still stays with him. And, you know, it's amazing because Juan is just saying that, you know, hey, this is my first harmonic convergence. Who knows how it'll go? And as they get through, they confront Vatu in this realm. Uh, we see this kind of zoom out of this showdown of where they're playing. You see these like intricate patterns. You can see that the like this whole thing is like a, uh, it is like a yin and yang. Like you can tell that the way that the trees and everything are are like the rock formations are kind of settled with this tree in the middle, and it just has this like epic grandeur to it you have the two spirit portals on the other side and that is when vatu confronts him and he is just like ready to show down with rava who's a little teapot rava but juan is just like you have to get through me first and vatu who is humongous now no human can stand against me and then we get this such badass line from juan haven't you heard the legends I'm not a regular human anymore. <laughs> oh my god. I just god. feel like here is like it's like it's the final countdown. <laughs> 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 
like this is that moment and it's mm-hmm. yeah like Wong and Wong is like I'm not an ordinary human anymore and it's like mm. that's like you yeah. know if if there was if there was a if there was a way for a spirit to essentially be peeing himself that would basically have been Fatu's moment to be doing that with little teacup yep. Rava next to him <laughs> as he says it which is even better is that he's holding a mm. like basically teapot Rava you know Nice. So we hear two important facts from Vatu uh, as this fight like begins. He says, first, he says, I have lived 10,000 lifetimes before humans crawled out of the mud. Like props to this voice actor. The like tenor and resonance that he gives Vatu in this is like it feels so ancient and it's so good. He also says he, Vatu, was the first to break through to the other realm. So we find out that he has been around for such a long time since humans even began to be a thing. And then he was the one who made it through to the human world for the first time. And then, of course, we get that line that you mentioned earlier. To hate, to hate me is to give me breath, to fight me is to give me strength. And as things start looking pretty bad, Juan and Rava fuse. They begin to seriously put up a fight. As we see Juan use all of the elements in this beautiful display of bending, it very much echoes Aang's clash with Ozai at the end of Avatar The Last Airbender. Even the surroundings are very similar in terms of this being kind of this rocky wasteland almost. And... As Juan is trying to fight, he is shaking, barely able to stand, but continues on as Vatu then pins him down. We see a celestial shot of the planets beginning to align. The portals Hmm. begin to arc and connect and meet together. As Vatu grows in strength in this moment, Juan feels himself swelling with power, reaches back to the portal, and then in a blinding flash of light, the Avatar theme rises, and Juan stands triumphant as we hear Rava say, we are bonded forever. Juan proceeds to use a multi-element globe. Again, very similar to the what Aang was doing. He surrounds himself with these elements very in the exact same way that Aang does when he goes into the full-on Avatar state against Ozai with the swirling ball with all of the elements swirling around him. But Juan uses this as a trap as he imprisons Vatu and traps him in the tree in the center of the realm. Thoughts on this fight and this showdown and this revelation here? Woo! <laughs> Again, just so much like where the fight with Ozai was, you know, an episode or two long fight. This fight's done in like this was yeah. We as Susan was just did on the screen. Yeah, we we only got that much. Where yeah. you, you're we like, got like you know they that seconds they, of a fight. Yeah, you know they definitely wanted to do more. You know that they implied oh, yeah. that a lot more happened, but you know they were constrained in what they had to play with. But it's still just that. I guess maybe the pace of everything that's going on also gives the impression of not develop of not having given thought to the plot. Yeah. You know, like 
whereas they probably did and they probably gave an like i'm sure their storyboards were massive and they're like all right well we have these many boards and we need to do it on a post-it note so Mm. how do we do that where are we gonna parse back and unfortunately i'm sure the fight was one of them because probably one of the bigger implications of the fight are well a couple things one is susan said before it's like the him feeding off like people hating him i'm like well it's brilliant you get into the human world you tick a lot of them off and you start putting humans against spirits and now you have just just this pre-built uh force of anger that he can feed off of and then rava clearly also wasn't having a great time because she didn't like humans so she was already in his pocket um Mm -hmm. But then in the fight to have them fuse, it wasn't just her coursing through him or working with him uh, on the bending. It was, I, I'm sure they didn't know that they could do it either, which was that they actually fused, brought their power together, and then they were way more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting that they probably, yeah, they clearly didn't plan that going in and that it ended up being them winning the fight instead of losing, which it seemed like was going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, you know, to kind of piggyback off what Kevin said here, it's it's impressive that that just ended up being the catalyst of how they would go about winning is they did something they didn't even know they could do until it happened. But, you know, with Vatsu going into the human, yeah, it's just, you could have easily, this wasn't Ozai, like, three-parter fight, easy easy Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. like condensed and we're all getting this in such a short short condensed time frame that it's it's so much to unpack here like you know obviously Batu had an unlimited amount of life and energy from the humans and Mm -hmm. you know that's the question of like really and i think this also brings another thought is that was it almost fate that juan separated them and then juan basically fuses with Rava so that he she can beat Vatu because Vatu when he I think Vatu always kind of knew they were always balanced in the spirit realm Mm. but by entering the human realm he was able to just basically gather way more anger and fear and hatred whereas Rava probably had a lot harder time because you know humans are necessarily afraid of these things they don't understand and Rava probably had a lot harder time getting the energy she needed to be able to, or she, I guess she's genderless. So Rava, <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, Rava obviously had a lot harder time getting that energy or at least um, that, that, that residual oomph that Rava would have needed to possibly beat Batu in that mm. harmonic convergence. So is it almost like this fate that the two had to meet so that they could overwhelm and beat Batu? Like, had, mm. had Rava not met Juan, would Rava have even had a chance then because of all the things Vatu had done leading up to that that essentially put Vatu in a better position to essentially win because yeah. of the energy and everything? Because when they were already fighting, you could see Vatu was already a little bigger than Rava mm. before they even split him. Like, just the visualization of that. So. so, we get into the final parts of this episode. We watch as Juan closes the spirit portals. The spirits return to their realm and the lion turtles let humankind venture off without their help and without them bestowing the elements. We kind of get a lot of this voiceover here as Juan explains that it is time for the humans and the spirits to live separately for a while. 
and the lion turtles are saying that this era is over where they are like protecting humans as they kind of are able to leave humans to fend for themselves now without the dangers of the spirits. And Juan then declares his mission to be the bridge between the humans and the spirits and to guide the world toward peace. We kind of get this moment where it's like, it is almost like the intro to another show, uh, which is, it's kind of wild. It's very cool, but like uh, in the Hello Future Me video, he kind of does like kind of uh, critique this moment where he says, he goes, it, it feels like we're about to start like a whole nother series here because we get one in this different art style. And it's like, this is my mission to be like this, like, you know, master of the elements, yada, yada. And it's just like, suddenly it's just like, oh, okay. Like, all right, new series. Bye, Cora. <laughs> <laughs> But then it doesn't end there. Then we see an old one. He's sitting against a stone, a stone circle with arrows lodged into it. Fire burns in the distance. And he says that he, he couldn't do it. There wasn't enough time. But Rava assures him that they will do it and that she will be with him for lifetimes to come. We see Juan exhales his final breath as a glowing spirit emerges, dissolves into the air. We see white. We hear a child cry. Thus, the Avatar cycle begins. Korra then wakes. She remembers who she is. Uh, sorry. And yeah, just kind of like unpacking this moment, how we really get to see this, this, these final moments and the fact they decided to show this, like the intensity of the end of an avatar's life and the beginning of the cycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I want to comment on it is that going back to that original thought that I had where it was, you know, if, was it fate that Rava and Juan had to meet um again you know maybe that was the transition of the era was that they had to meet so that one you know once Vatu breached into the human plane from the spirit world maybe it was destiny that essentially Rava would have to meet Juan Juan and Rava would have to fuse so that the spirits would go back to their realm and separate from the humans until that understanding of what spirits are, who, what they are, who, why they're there, um, you know, and their and their bound, their bond with the with the with the earthly plane. Maybe that was partly why everything had to happen the way it was, was so that there could be a separation for a period. And maybe that's partly why we're coming up in this core and core eventually at the end of the series decides to make the choice she makes is because literally it's just the way of things were going to go because that was ultimately destined to be the way things need to be. Because at this point in Korra, it seems that the level of understanding of the spirits is a lot higher than even at the time of Aang. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, why people are like, you know, like you kind of see it a little bit with her dad and he's like, oh, the spirits over there. Like, he respects the spirits he understands that the spirits exist and i think that level of respect 
even in the time of Aang, wasn't fully there or generally understood by non-benders. Whereas even, you know, non-benders and benders, it just, it wasn't there. We saw that. We saw that when the bear comes into the village and even the benders are like trying to attack this bear spirit, but they don't fully understand why the bears, they just, they can't. Whereas even in um, Korra's dad's case, he actually understands like, you know, we don't go over there because we don't want to make them angry. That's their sacred space. So I think that is a big piece of this is that it's the question of, was this always destined to occur? We let 10,000 years go by. Humans had enough time to figure out things. Now we can rejoin together. Definitely. So the final part of this episode, as Cora wakes up, she remembers who she is. And we find out that the shaman has been raising sky bison since the hundred year war. I know we just see like a whole herd of sky bison. It's the best. It's so great. <laughs> I want one. I want one. Fufu cuddly puffs. Yes. Uh, she tells Cora that harmonic convergence is only weeks away. And Cora responds that she has to close the portals before that happens. And the last thing we see is Cora flying off on a bison. And the episode concludes. So, okay, can we pause for a second here mm-hmm. and just tell, let the viewers know? So, <laughs> we, Colin's laughing because I am so excited about this. So, you know, as we were, I was watching this um, Christmas special with my husband and my daughter not too long ago. And one of the characters sounds like the 90s, the 1990s. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Rita Repulsa. Remember her? She comes with like, after 500,000 years, I'm free. It's time to conquer Earth. That Rita Repulsa? Yeah. The Fire Shaman is the same voice actress. <laughs> I couldn't get over that. Oh, I could not get over that. It was such a, he was, what a great he was looking catch. Up. <laughs> he was looking <laughs> up and he's like, oh, it looks like she was in Korra as a shaman. I'm like, the Fire Shaman? <laughs> Oh, it just happened goodness. to be that we were talking about this episode right around then, too. And I was like, Colin, we have to bring it up. You don't understand. It's just the fact that Rita Repulsa was the fire shaman. It's just. So, guys, that brings us to the end of beginnings. Um, and it may be the end of this episode, but it is not the end of our reflections. Um, so, uh, you know, where, where we're at here, uh, you know, I wanted to be able to kind of discuss, reflect and everything. But guys, we're going to be back for a special episode to reflect even more on the entirety of this series. Because I think that with everything that we have kind of, we, we, we dove into, all of the analysis, everything that we have kind of experienced, we have a lot to consider. We have a lot that we know and a lot to be able to kind of piece together with all of this. We're also going to be combining that with critiques as well. Uh, we mentioned earlier that uh, Hello Future Me had a video where they kind of broke down all of this as well. But we're going to be doing that episode as a uh, kind of live episode as well uh, with our viewers. Um, so uh, we'll uh, kind of show more information about that. We'll send that out to you guys uh, for that. But before we kind of close that out, I want to give uh, Kevin uh, kind of last last thoughts as well, uh, kind of this last segment here. Uh, any final thoughts from you? The, I, I still I can't unthink about the wand scene. It it feels like so much to unpack. Like 
man, what did that dude have to see like after this where all that optimism, I defeated Vatu, everything's going to be great. Mm. And then how many years later, didn't get to enjoy retirement at all. Just <laughs> humans, he's just, he must have just been like, uh, I wanted to do this. Like, you know, uh, that, but it's just so crazy to then think like what happened after all the humans then made it off the lion turtle and started doing all these other things. Cause clearly it's a war of humans based yeah. on the fire and arrows and all that. And the humans being their own realm. So he's like, God, what did this man have to deal with? And then after that, who is the next avatar? Is it an airbender? Like, well, you would assume I, that he I just, received yeah. fire, yeah. and fire yeah. was the first element. So I guess it would first be water. element, yeah. So or now no, I, air. Just, I just, an airbender, yeah. again, yeah. yeah. They, I think we discussed it on part one of part two. One plus two plus one. <laughs> so it was uh, was just that. Every every answer I got out of this set of episodes, I just had eighteen billion more pop out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the wand scene was was particularly impactful because Core waking up and Harmonic Convergence. Oh crud! I have to do stuff. You know that probably just because they had to cram all the wand into two episodes instead of it being kind of a mm. touch and go thing over the course of the season made it so that way it had to be a all right. The wand faucet is on. Wand faucet is off. Okay. Let's go. And Rava's kind of I like of that it's a wand here, faucet. But... Like, does it... What kind the of faucet, faucet is it? Yeah. Is it one of those I'm, turn I'm, ones? Or is it just like a quick, like, up and... No, just always hot. Like, you like scalding it hot and, like, or ice cold. Never in between. Goes up. As you, like, as you whack on uh, it, the, the faucet nozzle comes up and the water just slowly comes out less and less and less till it's done. Is that, like, how the wand faucet works? Like, you get done at first and it's... Yeah, just gone. I I don't know. I, I wish there was so much more, but I love the art and animation, and I know we're going to touch on that in a minute. Uh, I, overall, I thought it was it was uh, just so much to unpack in such a short amount of time. This these two episodes were fast, even by Korra standards. Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think I think you're also just forgetting Kevin. I really don't think the Avatar gets a retirement per se. I think like they're constantly <laughs> no, working until they die. I mean. Even Supreme Roku Court Justice, you just you go until old. it's done. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a lifetime appointment essentially. Like, you're not, you don't get a break. Like, there's no, there's no break for you. Even such Roku a is like super old man. Yeah, that's true. It's just like, but at least I mean, Roku, like, nothing was really going well for him. I mean, it seemed like, but maybe this is how it is for all avatars. I really hope Ang got it easy. I mean, he had like you know Yakon and all that stuff. Look, well, he got married. He, was young he and had sprightly. a few kids. And he got yeah. to. Like, I mean, obviously, he wasn't the best parent, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> debate during there. a war uh, and rebuilding. But at least, society. like, it seems like every other avatar, their end of times was miserable. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm only just thinking of that now after one. I mean, Kurok, Roku, um, those are just a couple of name of cute. Uh, yeah, so it's just like one of these things where I'm like, I'm just starting to get this hint that it doesn't go well at the end, like. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them ever get to just, you know, kick it up and just call it a day. But otherwise, yeah, that's my last... Otherwise, my thoughts are so much, and then it just ends with Korra just basically be like, look at the time, and then has to run. Yep. Uh, and and then, then she oh, was damn. like, God, Looks this like is going I got close some spirit portals. Let's go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and that hyperdrive feeling just continues on for the rest of the season. And it's, it's, you know, from here, I'm, I have to say, Colin, the only other thing I'll say is that you're right. Like, it literally feels like bam, 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 bam. And nothing like, st- 
stops. And I, and I sort of liked it a little bit um, because I know sometimes I used to gripe about the lulls, mm-hmm. but I feel like there is a point where the lulls are good yes. and they help with digesting a huge amount of information all thrown mm-hmm. at you in such a short period of time. Like with Avatar, we had, we had, we had material thrown at us, but not in the same short durational period. It was usually over a few periods and then we need to get a lull. We're here. I think yes. a lull was necessary yes, in the other series. Absolutely. Probably not nearly as necessary as often as they happened. Yeah. But here it, definitely it, we needed those lulls. It is part of the, the, the foundation that was laid by one of the, uh, you know, honestly like grandfathers and originators of fantasy. J.R. Tolkien, he understood that that you need rest and reprieve. You can have action, and then you need rest and reprieve. You need to let things ebb and flow because you can only appreciate the action as much as you can when you have had a moment where things are calm. You need Wait, to be able to give the audience Are we talking about the guy time. who literally wrote so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so literally in the Silmarillion. Like, okay, remember okay. That? Well, like, that's the Silmarillion. Like I'm talking, I'm talking that, about okay? the stories as well. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm talking Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Like, okay. I, I was going to say, if we're really going to go down this J.R.R. Tolkien route, that, you know, and I'll say this, I'll give, I'll give him a little bit more credit. Like, at least it's not a George R. R. Martin route. That yeah. man mm-hmm. can literally take a detail and take it a chapter that did yeah. not need to happen. So as we close out, I want to do a quick shout out to the background design team for these episodes. Um, and I apologize for the uh, butchering of these names. I'm going to do my best as I can. Uh, no Young Ik, uh, Bang Sang uh, Hyuk, and Choi Yoon uh, Hai. Uh, so these folks, amazing work. God, the background art for, the, for these episodes were just incredible. So good really set the tone as well as the track team for the music uh, really gave us something that was truly memorable. It went into hyperdrive, but it made an impact. And that's why everyone remembers these episodes because they are just such an incredible story and a visual feast for us to enjoy. Um, But guys, that is going to close it out for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to part two of part two of beginnings. Uh, thank you, Susan and Kevin, for your wonderful insights and uh, just discussion as always. I know, right? I'm glad that you thought it was wonderful. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so pleased with that. Oh man! All right, well, guys, thank you so much again for tuning in and the support. Uh, remember, uh, you can find us on all those social medias: Facebook and Instagram at Legend of Portalcast, Twitter at Portalcast Pod, on our website at LegendofPortalcast.com. Uh, you can find us, of course, on Spotify and iTunes, uh, as well as Stitcher. Um, but you can also listen in on our website at legendofportalcast.com. But in the meantime, and until next time, let us leave. <laughs> <laughs>